fires burning bright Pumpkin faces in the night I remember Halloween Dead cats hanging from poles Little dead or out in droves I remember Halloween Beef, brown-leafed vertigo Where a skeletal life is known I remember Halloween This day anything goes Burning bodies hanging from poles I remember Halloween Welcome to the Quarantine Spook Show. I'm Kyle Carezzi. That's the little ditty I would have sang from the Misfits if I had a Halloween special on the day of Halloween. Instead, we had a karaoke gathering, which was fucking stellar, you know. I really thought you wrote that song. No, it's a Stanzig. Are we living in, in a world that doesn't know who Danzig is? Misfits. Yeah, well that's that's good. That's cool. I'm no Danzig, but thank you. But no, I'm not the I'm neither the four I'm not the first or last comedian to be bumped by karaoke. And on Halloween's case, it was okay. Wasn't there something today going on in the country? Well, I know Thanksgiving and Christmas are coming up eventually, yeah. My birthday's in a couple weeks. But I think there's like some sort of country-specific thing happening today. Nothing comes on. Yeah, it's so weird. The spook show feels different, but I don't know, maybe it's just me. Is the season finale of The Apprentice? <laughs> they might be getting renewed for another four more seasons. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, a lot of people want that fucking show canceled, but there's some diehard fans out there. In the meantime, the spook vortex has been opened. I'm gonna be telling some improvised horror stories. Pulling titles that I've never seen before. Akin to pulling a rabbit out of a hat. Now let's begin. Oh, this one's like a paragraph. Oh. No, I... Uh, <laughs> uh, this, is a, this is a callback. Uh, I think it's a Puma Man reference. Aztecs, we're not dead yet, you know? We have, like, totally a bunch of tribes and shit. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, it's... <laughs> you know, anti-oppression work is a life's work. It sure is. <laughs> I'm ashamed to say it, but I feel like I'm going to hit my plateau of knowledge of Aztec culture pretty you know quick. I'm... If anybody could do this, we can. Here I go.
You know what? Just like fuck Puma, man. And the representation of Aztecs. If you don't know, the classic Puma Man, it's, a, it's an older movie, a gem of cinema. Not really, that's sarcasm. It's about a guy who, like, he puts on a mask and he has Puma powers. Uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000, uh, watched it. That's probably the version to watch, really, but it's a very shoddy film. But they talk about the Aztecs like they're dead. It's not true. Because Aztecs, we're not dead yet, you know? We have, like, totally a bunch of tribes and shit. <sighs> you know, if I was a white character, I'd feel really pinned against a wall, but... Anyway, I didn't like how Puma Man uh, depicted Aztecs. I've hosted my fair share of panels, you know, talking about our culture, and how that there should be more representation about it. And it really pisses me off. media depicts uh, different races and ethnicities like they're novelties. We're living people who deserve a say. to make my own movie. It was a horror movie. Not about pumas. But it takes place in a swamp. It's a very simple movie. Uh, it follows the standard slasher formula. A little bit of political commentary and some cultural insights into it. doing it in a way that's heavy-handed. Just want to speak for my myself and speak for my heart. And then the movie will take its own shape. But while I was making this movie, I was just kind of like, oh, fuck Puma Man. Fuck Puma Man, man. kind of muggy when we were shooting on set, but we had a stellar set designer and special effects artist. And the ghoul we had was uh, really well done. 
dreams, like something you would literally see from nightmares. So we keep shooting, and uh, one of the lead actors uh, comes up to me, and he's just like, "Oh, I keep, we keep, uh, we all keep seeing something uh, behind the trees in the swamp." And I'm just like, "Oh yeah." And he's just like, "Yeah, it's. I can't really put my finger on it. it looks really similar to the." the ghoul villain in this movie, though. And I was like, oh, okay. So then eventually, uh, I'm having coffee with the uh, special effects and set person. We're enjoying ourselves, talking about the movie, the project, our own personal lives. And then I bring up what some of the actors were saying about just like, oh, seeing this, uh, this ghoul in the swamp. like oh really and I'm just like yeah they say it looks a lot like the ghoul you designed for the set and she was just like well you know that's part of the inspiration though and I was like what do you mean and she said well this ghoul you told me that uh, this movie would take place uh, at this swamp I thought I would uh, depict the villainous, villainous ghost character as uh, from something from actual folklore from these swamps uh, in New Jersey. There's a lot of old indigenous art uh, depicting this creature, and also some sightings as recent as the 70s. Yeah, I took various uh, illustrations from centuries back and tried to conglomerate it into just like this one fearful image for your movie. And I thought about it and I was just like, oh, well, I guess that's pretty cool. But I do want to learn more about this school. Set designer said, Yeah, I got some books you can read if you want, some pictures. I can send you some links. And I was like, Yeah, that sounds good. That sounds good. But yeah, this creature had multiple names. The one that was consistent was that it was pretty much a swamp spirit. Apparently it was a ghost that died from centuries back that had a very harrowing living. And then the spirit would come and harass or haunt or even murder anyone who stepped foot in her swamp. I did think the visuals for the Swamp Spirit were very inspiring.
about it, so... I did more research, and I did adjustments in the script uh, to more capture this actual uh, folkloric spirit. Actors were getting really into it. Just like, oh yeah, these lines are pretty fucking good. And when the uh, director of photography also caught wind of the script, it actually heightened uh, the intensity of his own shooting. And the movie was starting to look visually be better when we'd uh, watch the dailies. I was thinking, oh, this, this thing might actually be a masterpiece. But the only caveat is, the more we worked on this movie, the more people saw sightings of the ghoul. Some people on the crew were uh, claiming to be uh, being chased through the swamp. One of our, another one of our lead actors uh, came to set all muddy and their clothes ruined. And I was just like, oh shit, what happened? And he was just like, yeah, I got chased by this fucking thing. Uh, but I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what it was. And it was starting to become really troubling. There was uh, certain weeks where we had to cancel shooting just because things were getting too freaky on set. So in one of the off weeks... Airbnb cabin that I was staying. And one of the grants that helped fund the movie was uh, paying for that stay. Some people were starting to travel a little bit uh, on our off weeks, or involuntary off weeks, but I decided to stay on set because I still wanted to be immersed in the project. And the last thing I want to do is fuck it up by losing focus. So I was outside the cabin on, cabin on the porch, smoking a cigarette. And I could see glimmers of light from behind the trees. it seemed like uh, headlights from a moving car and some sort of shiny surface being reflected on it. But there was no roads anywhere nearby. 
no busy ones at least, except for one that led to my cabin, but... I just saw the shiny thing from a grand distance. Two of them. They looked like two glimmering eyes staring right at me. They would blink every so often. Shift and transform. Started to freak me out a little bit, so I just went back into the cabin and just tried to relax a little bit. Tried to read, uh, tried to draw, sketch things out for the movie. When I look outside, I still see those glimmering eyes staring at me. And at, when the point comes when I try to sleep, I can hear a howling wind from outside the window. shakes the walls. There's actually certain points where I thought that the cabin was going to collapse. And it got so cold. It was in the middle of summer, but it was one of the coldest nights I've ever experienced. get up and try to walk around a little bit to warm up my body. And I see that the window by the front door was open. And I was just like, oh, no wonder it's been so cold. So I close it. And as I turn to walk away, uh, the front door bursts open. And a grand wind comes in. Blows me off my feet. And when I look up, I just see the Swamp Spirit herself, the ghoul for my dreams and nightmares, and from the movie I was creating, standing before me. She seemed like an apparition, but was as material as anything. Suddenly it gets even colder. Starts to step toward me and I start screaming. So, without any thinking of anything else, I just shout, Oh, what do you want? What do you want? And the spirit shouts in a very, in a very shrill tone. That didn't sound like English, but to my ears it did. But the spirit just said, You can't tell my story. And I just say, What? What do you mean? Another wind come, comes. And it 
pulls apart the pages of the script for the movie, and they're just spreading around the room. and they're about her. And then I begin to understand. She didn't like that I was capturing her essence and her form in the movie without her consent or say-so. Something on a certain level that I could identify with. So I just shout, not knowing what to do, just... If you want to give any input for the movie or what I write, or what I say about you, you know, I'm open to it. I'm willing to listen and learn. The wind grows, uh, becomes louder, and heavier, and fuller. And suddenly the door slams shut and everything's quiet. to make of the experience. But I went to, when I went to sleep that night, I saw the swamp spirit in my dream. And we're just traveling together. In some instances, we're sitting at a small table at a coffee shop with a bunch of pieces of paper on the table, going over things about the script. In other instances, she's shown me things from her past, visions, thoughts and tur turmoils that she has to cope with every day as an apparition that feel timeless and eternal to her. So I have more of these dreams, and with these dreams, I make adjustments for the script and the movie itself. crew returns, we start making these changes, and as we do, people uh, experience less hauntings from the Swamp Spirit. At one point, one of the lead actors says to me, hey, this is really different from uh, what, we, what we had going on before, and I just said, yeah, I know, but I just, you know, I just want to get it right. This next story is called From Pip to Zip. Halloween was different in 1953. Some people would say that the costumes were hokier. Other people would say that they're more terrifying. 
but you know, like Halloween in America is just the same as any other year, perhaps with the exception of 2020. Just kids, you know, going out, filling up neighborhoods, seeking candy, uh, saying trick or treat, maybe throwing a couple eggs, a roll of toilet paper or two before it was such a precious commodity. boy named Jacob. Jacob was a young lad in Indiana. And midway through 1953, he turned 10 years old. Now to little Jacob... being 10 was a big deal, mainly because every other age that came before, it was only a single digit number. But when he was 10, that was two digits, and he was just like, oh shit, I'm, I'm fucking mature now. wanted his Halloween in 1953 to reflect that. Now, for the past couple years on Halloween, uh, Jacob would always dress up as a character named Pip. Pip was a young boy superhero, probably like a knockoff of Superboy, but they would narrate his escapades on radio, on radio theater. And Jacob was really immersed in it. It was, it was his favorite program next to the science fiction program he listened to. Sure, when he was like six or maybe even seven, he really looked up to Pip and thought he wanted to be him someday. And he was one day a year for a while. He'd have a little cape and a little sailor's hat and a little tiny mask. And when he'd walk around the neighborhood, he would uh, fling his arms and fists up forward in front of him and just run around and just say, I am Pip, you know. He got really into character. That was Pip's catchphrase, uh, I am Pip. Uh, it's not a very well-remembered uh, character these days. But since Jacob was 10, he thought, you know, Pip's all well and good. But I want to 
dress up as a Halloween character that can reflect my current persona and my present sensibilities. So Jacob uh, decided to instead of dress as Pip, to dress as Zip. Zip was from the same radio program as Pip, but Zip was Pip's arch-nemesis. The narrative of Pip and Zip, uh, they used to be partners, you know? Two boy wonders fighting crime, saving dogs from trees, because villains put dogs in trees and then kids had to save them, or something. Zip was two years older than Pip, and when Zip started to go to the uh, age of 12 or 13, his sensibilities of the world started to change. You see, Pip wanted to fight against uh, corrupt power structures, but Zip was just like, oh, why don't we just seize the structures for ourselves? philosophical divide began between Pip and Zip, and eventually Zip became Pip's uh, go-to antagonist, constantly trying to thwart Pip's day-saving. Zip didn't even have uh, any grand pursuits himself, he just wanted to get in Pip's way. still, when Jacob listened to that radio program, his favorite episodes were always the Pip and Zip episodes. The dichotomy between the two. Not just good versus evil, but two opposing philosophical sensibilities clashing at each other. And perhaps ultimately they want the same thing. they'd confront each other, it'd be a true test of wills. They both had to fight their own limitations in order to fight each other. And plus, Jacob was into all the clever schemes that Zip had to try to thwart Pip's uh, day-saving and whatnot. So Jacob decided to be Zip. Try it out for one year, see how it went. When he was going Halloween shopping uh, with his mom, she was just like, oh, we can get your own Pip Cops costume out. I mean, you probably still fit. And Jacob was just like, no, mom. I want to be Zip this year. And she was like, okay, sure, we can get a costume then. But really, the Zip costume was identical to the Pip costume, but with a different color scheme. 
Pip was blue and red and a little bit of white. Zip was green and black and a little bit of blue. But when Jacob put on that Zip costume, he was like, ah, I feel so delicate, so devilish, so sneaky, so mysterious. At 10 years old, Jacob never felt evil. But for the first time, he was just like, ooh, evil's delicious. Nom, 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 nom. Whatever. Jacob, you're 10. You don't know things yet. Anyway. So Jacob went out trick-or-treating. He was dressed as Zip. Even having the same uh, arm gesture as uh, Pip running around with his fists out. Pip and Zip were a lot alike. As if it was just like someone who had a character named Pip and was just like, oh, just give, make another one, uh, and call him Zip. Do a different color scheme, whatever. Jacob ran around in circles a lot. Instead of saying, I'm Pip, he would say, I'm Zip, and then add a mwahaha. Zip never said mwahaha in the radio series, but, you know, Jacob just like ad-libbed. himself. But then across the street he saw someone in a Pip costume. Now Jacob has never seen this kid before. Maybe he was new in town. Maybe he just couldn't recognize him because of the costume. Either way, uh, Jacob was impressed by this new kid's uh, Pip costume. Probably looked like a year or two younger than him. So Jacob felt a little bit more mature than this kid named Pip. So Jacob uh, went up to this kid Pip and was just like, Oh, nice costume. And then the Pip kid looked at him. And he said to Jacob, well, if it isn't my nemesis, Zip. And then uh, Jacob was just like, uh, oh, yeah, sure. Let's roleplay. That's cool. And he's just like, yeah, Pip, I'm Zip, and I'm going to get you. And then Pip was just like, nah, uh, I'm going to get you. So they just kind of chased each other and had a ball. Some other kids just like who didn't know the radio series were just like, what the fuck are these kids doing? Yeah, they're just having a good time. It's Halloween. Eventually, uh, Jacob, in his ripe, mature age of ten, starts to get at, lose his breath a little bit. And it was just like, all right, that was fun, kid, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna get back to tr trick or treating. And then the 
kid was just like, you're not going anywhere, Zip. I'm gonna thwart you. And then Jacob was just like, well, you know, we can hang out if you want, but I gotta, I'm gonna get some candy before it's too late, you know? Sun setting and everything. And then Pip was just like, you're not getting away with your evil deeds. And then Jacob's just like, oh, I just want candy. So then Pip pulls, set, pulls some uh, eggs from his bag and he starts throwing it at Jacob. And Jacob's just like, oh, what the, what the hell, kid? Damn. And then Pip Kid was just like, take that, Zip. And like Jacob's just like, I'm not playing anymore. Knock it off. And eventually uh, Jacob runs up to him and then just like slaps him in the face. And then the Pip Kid starts to cry. And then Jacob's just like, oh, oh shit, um, you didn't say shit. Maybe you did, I don't know. I don't know the curse word lexicon of the mid-1950s. Could have been shit. And he's just like, oh no, uh, kid, you okay? And the Pip Kid starts to cry. Hysterically. Unreasonably. In a way that a child would from a slap in the face by another child. Didn't really hurt that much, but the idea of pain was too much for the Pip Kid. Firstly, Jacob thought in his head, just like, well, that's why I'm Zip. I can handle pain. So the Pip Kid starts to cry. And he runs off. And Jacob's just like, oh, I feel, I feel bad now, you know? Perhaps I'm, I'm not in touch with my inner zip after all, you know? The responsibility of being evil is too much to bear. Eventually, uh, maybe like ten minutes later, uh, after Jacob stopped by another house. So after Jacob is, uh, trick-or-treating at another house, he sees the Pip Kid and, uh, Another kid slightly older than both of them, wearing a baseball uh, costume and holding a baseball bat. And he was just like, hey kid, have you, did you hit my brother? And then uh, Jacob was just like, uh, no, no, it was an accident. Pip Kid was just like, he punched me hard in the face and called me a chump. And Jacob was just like, well, that's not true. Come on. And then the baseball kid was just like, you think it's fun to hit around little kids? And then the Jake was just like, no, I don't. And then the baseball kid was like, well, I do. And he started to wield his baseball bat, and then Jacob was just like, oh, shit. Baseball kid starts chasing Jacob down the street. <laughs> Jacob screaming, trying for his, calling for his mom. His mom's not around. The baseball kid uh, whaps Jacob a few, a couple times, a few really good shots. 
then Jacob uh, runs into his house, and closes the door, the door behind him, and then sits down in the living room and starts to cry. His mom comes out. Oh, Jacob, what's wrong? And Jacob's just like, this kid beat me up. And his mom's just like, oh, come here. Oh, it's fine. It's just a couple of bruises. So his mom starts filling up a nice pack and starts to just, like, you know, treat him a little bit. So then Jacob's just like, uh, he's starting to calm down a little bit. Then his mom's just like, alright, are you feeling better now? And Jacob's just like, yeah, a little. And then his mom's just like, alright, well, you know, you are 10 now. You're gonna have to learn to fight your own battles. And I'm not always gonna be around to treat, treat your wounds. Jacob uh, went to bed that night. His trick-or-treating was cut short because he didn't want to go out with his bruises. By the time they were treated, uh, all the houses were already shutting down their uh, candy bowls and passing them out. And his, his trick-or-treat hall was light that year. The lightest it's ever been during his childhood. Jacob thought about it, and he was just like, thought about what his mom said, and thought about, hey, maybe not the, the road for maturity is not just about dressing up as some superhero character, whether they need, they're named Pip or Zip, but it's about defining your own choices, and cultivating who you are, you know, through your decisions and actions and sensibilities. a real philosophical coming-of-age moment for Jacob that night as he went to sleep. But he was still thinking, damn, I wish I still had that candy, though. That'd be really cool. And then about two weeks later, uh, when Jacob's leaving school, he sees the uh, baseball kid uh, on the sidewalk outside of school. So Jacob just, you know, just making a stand, just like punches that kid in the face, because fuck that kid. Yeah, it was, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's very, it's, yeah. <laughs> Just, like, the minds of children and, like, the problems they have. They're but they are, they're real problems, though, but it's just, <laughs> you know. Okay. This next story is called... Casual acceptance. What? Casual acceptance. Should we have that? Causal? I like casual. It's causal? It says casual. Can we, can we do both? It's, ca <laughs> it's K-A-S-U-A-L. It's casual. Yeah, alright. <laughs> it's not in my language. Casual. 
seems like I'm living the life of that meme with the yellow dog in the burning house and he's just all like this is fine I feel like I've really adapted that casual acceptance of shit being on fire though I did find it to be a bit trite seeing it uh Seeing the phrase, you know, this is fine or everything fine, everything's fine, plastered in most multiple uh, media places on hackneyed political comment commentary shows, really taken out of the magic of the this is fine dog, you know. Still, casual acceptance uh, isn't to be trifled with. You don't want to casually accept a burning house. So, you know, I'm just a. Uh, Sitting in my house, it's luckily not on fire. But I'm having coffee, enjoying myself. Enjoying a, enjoying a nice morning alone on, a, on my day off. I'm walking across my front yard, I see a, my neighbor with a baseball bat with a bunch of nails uh, melted onto it. at him out the window and then he sees me and then he's just like hey man zombies and I was like what and he was just like yeah man zombies happened and I was just like what do you mean zombies happened and he was just like I don't know tried to do uh, White House tried to do a vaccine for COVID they fucked up zombies and they just kept walking and I was just like this is fine <sighs> it actually wasn't fine but I had no choice but to accept it it's a matter of just like, could I choose to be begrezzled about it or just to casually accept it? And I was just like, well, if zombies are a thing now, I'm at least going to finish my coffee. So I'm sipping my coffee, thinking about what it's like to live in a world with zombies now. the first cup, and then I go for a second, and then I decide to read a book also, because I haven't been really reading enough. But before I can even finish the first page, I just think to myself, 
You know, that guy just fucking said, you know, zombies are real. Could he could have been a metaphor? I haven't seen anything on the news about it, you know. You know, it's just, what's to say there are zombies at all? And then I see in the neighborhood in the opposite direction that the my neighbor was walking. There's about three or four uh, people walking really slow with their arms out. Their skin's really pale. Their faces are bloody. And I'm just like, no, that's not... Come on, no. And I see, lo and behold, it's they're zombies walking very slowly, combing the neighborhood for brains or entrails or whatever. And I just sigh, and I'm just like, God fucking damn it. So I go inside, and I lock the door. I seal all my windows. Put boards on some of them. Makeshift ones. Not completely boarding up the light, but... Certainly enough to keep a couple of casual zombies at bay. I'm just like, oh shit. You know, just what I needed. I can't even enjoy a cup of morning coffee without some global crisis happening. This is really cool. Like, you know what? I don't care. I'm still gonna finish my coffee. I don't care if there's a zombie apocalypse. I have shit to do. So I'm just, uh, I guess the phrase is technically people watching, but I'm just watching the zombies at that point. Just out the window, far enough back where they can't see me. Sip my coffee, accepting this zombie reality and I just think about it I'm just like alright I guess I'm gonna need weapons I get guess shit I don't wanna get weapons but I need them so I take a couple of rods I have and uh, tape some kitchen knives to them so they're kinda like spears you know so I can get zombies from a distance take the kitchen knives that I have and try to make little holsters for them as part of like a belt so I can detach and whatnot. And then I look at my fridge and it's like barely anything in there and I'm just like, oh shit, I forgot to go shopping this week. Ah, this is the worst time for a zombie apocalypse to happen. So I thought, alright, well, it'd be worthwhile to move somewhere else, but in the meantime, I can get food, and I guess I'll get guns or something. So I uh, drive up to the co-op uh, near my house. It's closed. I just see a sign on it that just said, uh, we're out, uh, zombie apocalypse, uh, 
keep calm and keep calm and uh, be strong or whatever. Be safe and good luck. And I was just like, oh, don't tell me to be safe and good luck. What do you know? So then I see a gun store, and I'm just like, oh, I'm gonna pop in there. But the door is locked, so I knock on it. And the guy just like slightly opens his door, and he's just like, yeah. And I'm just like, hey, uh, I need a maybe a gun or two. I don't know. And he's just like, uh, I'm not selling guns right now. Yeah, I kind of need them. Plus, we've already sold out a lot of guns anyway. I'm just like, well, you know. Can't you something, anything, you know? I'm all alone out there, you know? And he's just like, alright, maybe I got something for you. Closes his door and locks it, and I wait a few minutes outside. And I see one zombie who spots me. And then he starts to slowly walk toward me, and I'm just like, oh, this is exactly what I fucking needed. guy comes out again he's just like whoa shit so he pulls out his pistol and then starts shooting at the zombie and he falls and he's just like here i got something for you take this and he gives me a gun that's uh, similar to like the really tiny gun from like the austin powers movies that austin powers uses and i'm just like oh this doesn't seem very effective against zombies and he's just like well it's all i got to give right now and i'm just like okay so I close the door and locks it, and I'm just out there, so I'm just like, alright, I got my pea shooter. So I just head back to my house, and then reboard it up. And then I start making more coffee. Start to kill time during a zombie apocalypse. You know, I just try to read. If any zombies come by the window, I just try to like stab their heads and they fall down. You know, if they only come one at a time, it's manageable. I turn on the news and the press at the White House is just like, oh, we're handling it, and the news anchors are just like, yeah, they're so not handling it. And I'm just like, oh, well, alright, shit. So I just started cooking myself some, uh, potatoes and rice. I pour some sadness ketchup on it and just start eating it. Reflect on uh, my first night of the zombie apocalypse. It was actually a pretty good day, minus the zombies. You know, I got some reading done. You know, watched this one uh, avant-garde movie I'm putting off watching, and then I finally saw it. and I thought it was great. So as I'm going to bed, I just uh, reluctantly have casual acceptance of the situation. I'm just like. Oh, this is this is fine, 
I guess. This final story <laughs> is called. <sighs> oh, what is it? What is it? <sighs> oh no! <sighs> oh, what is it? It's not. It's not like awful, but it's just like it's. It's exhausting. Oh no! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Um, Pumas more than just shoes. <laughs> I feel like I already covered. What <laughs> you get? I already. Don't you ever forget? I already covered Puma Man in one story. Never forget it now. No. Native Americans were not dead yet. Not your shoes. Welcome. Shoes are okay. Sneakers are cool. I wear them sometimes, you know. I occasionally wear Nike shoes. Uh, though I very, I've heard from many people that their uh, corporate environment is very creepy. But you know, the shoes I, that I have from them, they they work out pretty well, you know. I also have some Adidas. I'm not one for brand allegiance by any means, but I've never had an unreliable pair of Adidas shoes. So at one point when I'm strapped for cash, uh, I agree for I agreed to a shoe study for Puma shoes. I didn't know what it was for at first. I thought it would be like a marketing thing or something. Because they did have a new slogan called Pumas. More than just shoes. So I go into their Puma office. group of four other people. We're going to do some data testing. They're going to present things to us and we give our earnest feedback. And I'm just like, okay, bring it on. I can use the paycheck. So 
So they have a little TV, not even a flat screen, just a very old TV. And there's an instructor, director guy in there. And he says, hi everyone, thank you for uh, coming in for our study. Uh, we just, you know, we just want to make Puma the best shoe possible. Uh, so yeah, I'll skip the small talk and we'll just show you some things and test some things out and then you just give us your earnest feedback and they'll help us uh, hopefully make some pretty damn good shoes. And I'm just like, yeah, sure, sounds good. And everyone else just kind of humbly nodded, just like, yeah, okay, shoes, paycheck, whatever. So the lights dim and the uh, director plays a video on the TV and it's just raw Puma footage. Like, not even directed in any way, you know. It wasn't an advertisement or anything like that. It was just, you know, straightforward footage of just like a Puma. Just in the wild, walking around. Not even a montage. Like, there would be 20 minutes at a time focusing on one Puma. Sometimes the Puma would just be, you know sitting, sometimes the puma would be napping or just rolling around, sometimes it'd be hunting. At one point, uh, towards the end, they were showing the puma uh, eat a carcass for like 40 minutes, and I was just like, it's, it's kind of fucked up that they're showing us this, I don't know what this has to do with shoes. Like, it's called puma, I get it, but like, it's, why, why are we seeing this? So, uh, they play that video for three hours, uh, and then they uh, turn the lights back on, and the director was just like, alright, so what did you all think of that? And I felt really tired from watching three hours of raw Puma footage, but everyone else seemed surprisingly energetic. Maybe they were zombies, I don't know. One guy was just like, yeah, I really like the Puma in it. And then the director was just like, alright, what do you like about the Puma? And then another person was just like, the Puma was cool. I liked it when the Puma was walking around and napping. And the director was like, good, okay. Walking and napping, those are good things. And one guy was just like, yeah, I really liked when the Puma was eating that carcass, you know, because that's kind of what I want in a shoe, because I really want a shoe that I can really kick some ass with. And the director was just like, oh yeah, good, that's exactly what we were aiming for. And I was just like, what the fuck is going on? This is, this may not be worth the paycheck, I don't know. So after everyone's having their say, the director looks at me, he's like, oh, you haven't said anything yet. And I was just like, um... It was it was a lot of it was a lot of puma happening in that video, and the director was just like, "Yes, indeed, there was." All right, our next test is going to be more physical. Hopefully, that can serve as a break from watching all that puma footage. Uh, we agree it was a bit much, and then everyone laughed except me because I didn't think it was funny because I didn't like seeing all that puma footage. <laughs> So we go into a place that kind of comes off as like a, 
a private room in a gym or like a rec room or something. They have some waters for us and we have some. And they have a, a bunch of Puma shoes. It's just, they're out displayed, each matching your shoe sizes. And then the director's all right, all right, so try on these shoes and like walk around with them and do things you normally do with sneakers, you know, really see how you feel about it. So we all, uh, you know, put on the shoes. Some of us sat down while untying our original shoes and others were just like standing. Me, I just slid my shoes off because I just wanted to get this uh, process over as quickly as possible. So we have the shoes on, we're walking around. This one guy just starts jogging around the room. And I was just like, alright, well, I guess that's what you would do with uh, shoes. But he just kept running for like a while, like 10 minutes. And it's just like, alright, I think that tests the functionality of the running shoes. So I'm just kind of like pacing back and forth, mainly just to stretch my legs from all that fucking Puma footage that came before. And this one guy's like waving his arms like he's kind of half-assed stretching, and he's just like, Yeah, yeah, I kind of feel like a Puma, right? <laughs> and this other woman's just like, Yeah, I really feel like a Puma too! And I'm just like, uh, what? guy jogging around the room, he's just like, I am a puma! And the director's just like taking notes and smiling, and I'm just like, uh, I, I don't feel like a puma, but I'm, I guess I'm more energized. Um, if pumas are energetic, then I guess that's a, you know, a common denominator uh, for feeling like a puma or whatever. I don't really know that much about pumas, so I can't really say if I feel like a puma or not. If I feel like a puma or not. So I'm just kind of walking around, and then... Then eventually I sit down, just because I get tired of walking. Like, 25 minutes go by. I'm just getting pretty bored. And the director walks up to me, he's just like, Oh, you're not gonna... You're not gonna test out your shoes at all? Just like, well, I already walked for a bit, so I'm just kind of just gonna sit down. And the director's just like, oh, you don't want to test out your shoes? And I was just like, I sit wearing shoes sometimes. So I'm just kind of watching uh, everyone else uh, have fun with their shoes. I think they get too into it, you know. They eventually start, like, frolicking and doing, like, little dances and whatnot. And, like, another 25 minutes go by. I'm still... I'm still wearing the shoes, you know, so I'm still... This counts as working, I guess. And eventually everyone starts, like, roaring and running around in circles. like they're doing really spot-on puma impressions and they keep shouting I'm a puma you know one of the 
Rome shouts, one with the wild, or whatever. And the director smiling and taking notes. And he's just like, alright, I'll be right back, everyone. I'll probably be back in like another 20 minutes. Just be yourselves. Enjoy the shoes. Please keep them on. I'll be right back. So it's just us alone in this room. I go walk up and grab some water. Just start drinking it and just like, yeah. Uh, this just counts as work, I guess. This one guy shouts, ah, I'm really, I'm really feeling it, right? And then another person's just like, yeah! And they just kept, everyone just starts running around in circles. Like they're running in a pack, you know, like jogging together. Like no one verbally said, hey, let's all run in a pack together. They just kind of decided to do it. I'm not even sure if Pumas even like hunting packs or anything. Again, don't know much about Pumas. I just know that they have their shoes. And eventually they branch off and start doing more Puma things. Getting more increasingly uh, uh, obsessive over it. They start snarling. Start walking on all fours. Start jumping. It's kind of like they were kind of impersonating uh, the puma from the uh, the pumas from the all the footage we just saw, but like really disturbingly accurate. And they start roaring at each other and stuff. And eventually, one person just like lunges at another and bites their neck and cuts open their artery. So that person is just like bleeding out on the floor, and the other people are just lunging over. Starting to feast on their flesh and whatnot. And I'm witnessing this. And I just slowly get up, try to creep as quietly as possible. And then just walk out of the room. But when I open the door, they all spot me and notice me. They all glare at me at once, and then they start shouting and snarling at me. And eventually they all charge running at me. I sprint as hard as I can. They're chasing me down a load, loads of halls. I have no uh, context of how to maneuver through the building. Just running through random halls, upstairs and downstairs. But the weird puma people are still on my tail. No pun intended. I'm not a puma, but I guess that doesn't count as a, as a pun. But I'm wearing puma shoes anyway. sprinting and sprinting and eventually I find an exit and I storm out of the building it gives me an opportunity to catch my breath a little bit eventually I'm at a bus stop and I board the next bus that comes just going in any direction so as I'm sitting on the bus catching my breath witnessing the creepy puma transformations from that uh, office. And as I'm, I'm catching my breath, and I think to myself, you know what? These are actually aren't bad shoes. 
like a little older than I am in like when I was in college, when I was in high school, like the nineties. He was just like who was just like the two choice. Hulu yep. Hulu Amazon. and Human. I mean, there were a lot of good themes. It had a little bit of everything. It had a, you know, had Halloween, a little bit of an election sensibility, uh, Pumas, you know. That was Quarantine Spook Show. Gal Stay safe and good night.